fight. Three, two, one. Welcome to Arcade Attack. <laughs> A retro gaming podcast for up to four players. Sonic Boom! Hello and welcome to the Arcade Attack Sound Test Halloween Special. I'm your Crypt Keeper, Keith. And I will be your purveyor of audio torment today. Yes, it's it's October as I record this. It's that time of year again. If you're American, you're excited, you're decorating your house, you're planning your costume, you're probably throwing a huge party. If you live over here in the UK and you're anything like my family was growing up, you'll be preparing to shut the curtains, lock the door and pretend you're not in. <laughs> Anyway, as you guys know, um, I'm a big fan of horror games and there's been a fair few games over the years that maybe don't qualify as horror games in themselves, um, but do have some awesome music and certainly fit the the Halloween theme that we're going for today. So I've got a selection of stuff for you, (laughs) got a selection of good things. We're going from the 8-bit days all the way through to current gen or last gen if you like. And um, it's a selection of some of my favourite horror game music, as well as tracks from a couple of games that I haven't actually played, but that I thought would fit the Halloween theme perfectly. Now, while I was planning this episode, I realised that I had inadvertently chosen quite a global selection of tunes here. Um, We've got games that take place all around the world and beyond. So, dear listener, join me as we begin our journey very close to home for Arcade Attack, in more ways than one. This is a game that takes place in London, and it's a game that I reviewed way back on one of the very first podcasts that we did. Um, it's the Master System's answer to Castlevania, and that's Master of Darkness. It came out in Europe in 1993. It's a 2D action platformer. It's very, very similar to Castlevania, um, and it puts the player in the role of Dr. Ferdinand Social, one of the best video game protagonist names I've ever come across. Um, and he is on the trail of Dracula via Jack the Ripper, as he believes that Dracula was behind the killings that have been attributed to the Ripper. So the first two tracks that I'm going to play you, they form the basis of the beginning of the game. So there's the intro where the story is explained to you, um, and then level one, which takes place, as I said, down by the banks of the River Thames. Um, So turn up your collar against the thick Victorian London mist and look out for the Ripper.
Ah, I see you survived your encounter with Jack the Ripper. Well done, intrepid adventurer. Now it's time to leave. Leave the shores of Blighty um, and cross the sea. But which way? Well, we're heading across the North Sea to Norway. What could possibly be happening in Norway? Well, we're going to be revisiting another sort of nostalgic arcade attack favorite and that is clock tower one of the most fun pods i think we've ever done following the uh the horrific story of scissor man um it's a point and click adventure game that was released in 1996 um it was actually a sequel to the original clock tower which appeared um on the super famicom in japan um and yes it takes place in oslo and it follows a, a variety of characters story as they attempt to survive the return of scissor man and unravel the mystery of his seemingly immortal state so um, the music here we've included is the intro theme, which is kind of standard horror theme. You can definitely hear the uh, influence of sort of some old John Carpenter stuff in there. Um, and I couldn't touch on Clock Tower without Scissor Man's theme. It's just it's just awesome. It's terrifying. Um, Clock Tower is a game that doesn't feature too much in the way of music. There are periods where it's very quiet. You might get the background noise of a photocopier or a crowd of journalists. Um, but when the Scissor Man theme kicks in, you will be terrified.
Okay, so next up we leave the chilly shores of Norway for the probably even chillier Transylvania. Of course, it's a Halloween special. We were always going to find our way there. And this time it's what a lot of people would say is the best Castlevania game. Now, I always swore that Super Castlevania 4 was the best Castlevania game. Of the ones I've played, I haven't played some of the more recent ones. Um, But of the classic sort of 8 and 16-bit era, it was my favourite. And that's because I had never played Rondo of Blood um, or Dracula X in Japan. Um, Because originally, obviously, it only came out on the PC Engine Super CD-ROM. And uh, I hadn't had opportunity to play it. Now, that all changed last year. It was last year. Damn you, COVID. Um, it was last year when I got my Turbo Graphics Mini um, and Rondo of Blood is on there and it is absolutely fantastic. It's as good um, as, as I'd been told it was. Um, I'm not sure that it's toppled Super Castlevania 4, um, but it's definitely a very close run thing. But obviously one of the fantastic things about Rondo of Blood is the fact that it was released on the Super CD-ROM. So it has CD music um, as opposed to the, the classic chiptune music that we were we were listening to on our Mega Drives and Super Nintendos. Um, and it has a fantastic soundtrack. So I could have picked anything from this really to put in here. But instead I've got gone for two um, separate level tunes. The first one is from level 3b and it's called bloody tears and that will be followed by slash from stage 4a
so good. So good, that soundtrack. Really, all of it is awesome. Check out the rest. Now we continue our global Halloween odyssey. We're going further east. Really, really far east to Japan. Japan. Um, now this is one of the games I mentioned that I haven't actually played. Considering I'm such a Resident Evil fan, I really should make a point of trying it out at some point. Um, and the game in question is Sweet Home. Um, and basically, if you if you don't know, it's kind of the the godfather of survival horror, if you like. Um, it was uh, developed and published by Capcom for the Famicom in Japan in 1989. It's actually based on a Japanese horror film. Um, and it tells the story of a team of filmmakers exploring an old mansion. Um, and uh, as they explore the mansion, they encounter hostile ghosts and supernatural enemies. And uh, basically, it, it laid the groundwork for what was to come um, in the Resident Evil series. Um, item management, limited resources, um, and uh, and puzzles as well. Um, all in a sort of self-contained map of the mansion. Um it's one I've always wanted to try, and um, I, hopefully I will get around to it at some point. So I thought it just it, it's something that I had to include here. Um, and this is the battle theme music from Sweet Home. Thank you. 
So as we leave a spooky mansion somewhere in Japan, we cross the Pacific to another spooky mansion somewhere in the US of A. Um, so we're in the United States now. We're going to be staying for a while. Unsurprisingly, there's a few games here um, that are based in America. And the first one is uh, it's, it's a sequel and it's Splatterhouse 2. Now, this was released in 1992 on the Mega Drive. Um, it was the first Splatterhouse game I played. And I remember borrowing it off uh, like an older kid who lived around the corner because I don't think my parents would have bought it for me at the time, considering I was like 10 years old. Pretty much the same gameplay as the original. Poor old Rick has been summoned back to the, to the mansion by the mask, the terror mask. I don't know if you guys know the story, but at the end of the original Splatterhouse, he fails to save his family, um, his wife, Jennifer. And at the beginning of Splatterhouse 2, the terror mask reappears and tempts him to go back to the house um, by telling him that Jennifer can be saved. Um, so it's, it's the same um, side-scrolling, beat-em-up fun. Lots of gross monsters um, that you beat to a pulp with various weapons. Um, and it's just a good old time. Um, this piece of music here is the main theme and the introduction to Splatterhouse 2. Um, and it was composed by Aiko Canada. Having escaped the haunted Splatterhouse mansion, we now find ourselves somewhere in the Arklay Mountains on the outskirts of Raccoon City at the doors of the Spencer Mansion. Yes, it's that time. You knew it was coming. 
how could I do a Halloween special without including one of my absolute favourite game series, Resident Evil? Um, now, this was a bit of a, a conundrum. So many games in the series now. Loads of memorable pieces of music. Um, but I thought for today, we go back to the original, back to the very first game. And I wanted to bring back those memories that we've all got of being alone in that mansion, finding our way around the locked doors, the puzzles, the shambling corpses, the terrifying hunters. And so I went through the soundtrack and I've picked two tracks here. Uh, The first one that you'll hear is the first floor mansion music, which I think, again, it just instantly transports you back to the first time you play the game. And you're exploring alone, scared, confused. And uh, the second piece is a bit that I've always liked. Um, it's kind of discordant and a little bit weird. Um, it's not a typical piece of sort of orchestral music. Um, and it's called More Rooms. And it's, I believe it's from the guardhouse section of the game. Um, but feel free to correct me on that. The soundtrack to the original Resident Evil was composed by Makoto Tomazawa, Koichi Hiroki, and Masami Ueda, who went on to compose uh, quite a lot of the scores for the future Resident Evil games. Um, I hope you enjoy. I hope this brings back some good memories. Uh, I think I'll, I'll definitely be revisiting this in future and, and playing some more Resident Evil stuff. Um, but for now, don't forget your lockpick and... I hope this is not Chris's blood.
so we leave Raccoon City and we move on to another fictional uh, Midwestern American town. And that is, of course, Silent Hill. I've chosen a track from each of the first two games here. They are among my favourite games of all time, especially Silent Hill 2. Um, we did a podcast about it again very, very early on. Um, it might have even been like, I don't know, was it the third or fourth podcast? It might have even been earlier than that. I don't feel like I did it justice then. Um, I don't feel like I could do it justice now, even if I spoke about it for hours. Um, the first Silent Hill was absolutely terrifying for me. It was it was scary in a different way to Resident Evil. Um, the use of the fog to cover up the limitations of the PlayStation was just ingenious. Um, and it just added so much to the atmosphere. And so... I've gone with the uh, opening theme for Silent Hill with that really eerie, terrifying um, mandolin intro. Um, and for Silent Hill 2, um, I've chosen the track Promise. Um, now, I do love Theme of Laura, which is sort of the main theme of Silent Hill 2. But honestly, I could have picked any track. Um, Akira Yamaoka has just done an incredible job whenever he's worked on a Silent Hill game, from the, the music to the atmospherics to the sound design. And I just feel like Promise is just it's such a fantastic piece of music. Um, it's just, it's instrumental rock, but it, it manages to evoke sort of, it's quite, it sounds very sad, but also hopeful. Um, it's got some heavier bits. It's got some melodic bits. Um, and I just, I think it's a fantastic track. I can't really put into words how much I love that game. And what it means to me personally. I hope you guys are fans as well. Um, if you're not and you haven't played it. I implore you. Play Silent Hill 2. Um, you won't regret it. Anyway I hope you enjoy these two tracks. Uh, it's the theme from Silent Hill. And Promise from Silent Hill 2.
just hearing Promise again, oh, I've got goosebumps, shivers down the spine, hair standing up on the back of my neck. Um, just absolutely wonderful piece of music. Um, and it, it, you know, it stirs up all those memories and emotions from playing the game, uh, for me. And that, that's just a wonderful thing. Silent Hill 2 was a game that moved me emotionally, um, and resonated with me in a lot of ways. So I think it's quite fitting that we move from one game that did that to another. Um, in terms of our global odyssey, um, we're now kind of, this is a game that's a bit of an odyssey in itself across America and um, it's the last of us um, and it takes place in various US cities you find yourself through the course of the game in Austin Texas uh, Boston Pittsburgh Jackson Wyoming Colorado um, and eventually Salt Lake City in Utah so it's an, an appropriate choice for our globetrotting Halloween special now similarly to Silent Hill 2 the Last of Us is a game that I could talk for hours about. But unlike Silent Hill 2, it's not one that we've covered on the podcast yet. I know um, Dylan wants to cover it with me. Uh, so we'll probably do a big, huge bumper podcast where we talk about the first game and the second game and the overall story and and how we feel about the game, etc., etc. Um, needless to say, I absolutely loved it. I played it. Uh, think it was in 2015 so obviously it was a playstation exclusive when it came out in 2013 i didn't play it then i played the ps4 remastered version um i think it was sort of over christmas in 2015 and i absolutely loved it i loved it um i absolutely fell in love with ellie and joel um and the, the story the characters the world and um the the soundtrack was just wonderful and it, um it was composed by gustavo santoalaya and uh it's it's mainly acoustic guitar um as well as sort of lots of unusual homemade instruments i think um, but it just fits the mood so perfectly like i say I, we will go into more detail on the game itself at some point soon um because it's something that i, I really want to do um so i, I won't talk too much more about it because I've got lots I want to say um, about the game itself but also you know how it made me feel um, I've picked two pieces of music which are come they come from sort of two really key moments one is the ending um, and that song is called the path um, and the other piece is called the choice um, which plays midway through the game when Joel is trying to leave Ellie with Tommy in Jackson and uh, they have a bit of a, a a heart to heart which gets a little bit heated and a little bit emotional and and this is the track that plays just after that so I hope you enjoy these two tracks fairly chilled pieces of music but also somehow quite emotionally charged so this is the choice and the path from The Last of Us Thank you. 
So we're leaving the shores of the USA now on a small plane, which is about to crash somewhere over the Atlantic Ocean. Now, I've painted myself into a bit of a corner here because we are talking about Bioshock. Now, this is a game that I unforgivably only played last year. So I played Bioshock Infinite a few years back and really enjoyed it. But I had never played Bioshock or Bioshock 2, which I know is like some kind of gaming sin. Um, I played it and loved it. Adrian has played it recently, and we will be podcasting about it very, very soon. So I don't want to talk to, again, a bit like The Last of Us, I don't want to talk too much about the game itself, because we will cover it in detail. Um, but if you've played it, you know that it is simultaneously an awesome shooter, um, a beautiful game, absolutely beautiful, stunning game to look at. And also very, very creepy and atmospheric. Now, I've picked two tracks here. One of them is from the score itself. It's called Welcome to Rapture. And you only need to have played the beginning of the game to recognize this tune. It's the piece of music that plays as you go down into Rapture for the first time in the bathosphere. Um, and Rapture comes into view and it's just, it's superb. The sense, there's a sense of foreboding, but there's also like a sense of wonder. Um, it's only a short track, but it's such a great intro piece. And that introduction to Rapture, um, is, it's, it's iconic, isn't it? And I'm still kicking myself that it's taken me this long or it took as long as it did for me to play it. And the second track it's an interesting one. Now, it's going to be quite an outlier here in terms of the tone of it. Um, it's a very upbeat track. It's um, it's called Bemir Bistoshane, and it's by the Andrews Sisters. It's from 1937. Um, it's, yeah, it's a very upbeat piece of music, and the reason I've included it is because some of the uh, licensed music that was used in Bioshock, it's sort of 1930s, 1940s um, swing um, and 
the kind of thing that was popular at the time and would have been popular um, with the residents of Rapture. Um, and for just, I don't know, for somehow that old recording sound, there's the same, it gives off that kind of same kind of eeriness to me as, as hearing old recordings um, from sort of wartime broadcasts and things like that. It's got that crackly sound and the way it's used during the game within Rapture um it gives it a really, really creepy vibe. Um, so I, I wanted to include um, a, one of the tracks. And there's obviously lots of pieces of, of licensed music within the game. Um, there's Noel Coward tracks and things like that. Um, but I really like this one. Um, it's very catchy. It's very. It's got a really interesting um, backstory, the song itself. Uh, apparently it was uh, originally a Yiddish song. Um, and they Germanized the title and released it um, as a pop song. Um, and it was a, a big hit for the Andrew sisters. So there you go. There's your um, 1930s pop fact, uh, listeners. But I, like I say, it's a bit of an odd one to include in a Halloween special. But I think if you've played Bioshock, you will appreciate its inclusion in terms of how those songs create an atmosphere within the game. Um, so I hope you enjoy. It's the intro to Rapture. Welcome to Rapture. Followed by Bemir Bistushane by the Andrew sisters. Shame means your grave. 
forward, let me try to explain. Buy me a beer, to shame means that you're grand. Buy me a beer, to shame is such an old refrain, and yet I should explain. It means I am begging for your hand. I could say Bella, Bella, even seven to buy each language only help me tell you how grand you are. we've almost come to the end of our Halloween special. Now, if you remember at the beginning of the podcast, I said that we would be traveling around the globe and beyond. Now we've, we've gone to the bottom of the ocean and now we're going to go into space. That's right. This final track, which was suggested by Adrian, um, comes from uh, a game, which was really uh, a, a predecessor to Bioshock. Um, it was designed by Ken Levine, who was obviously heavily involved in creating Bioshock, um, and that is System Shock 2, uh, which is a PC game from 1999 um, that I know Aid is a big fan of. This piece of music is from the engineering stage, and uh, it's a game that takes place in space in 2114, and... Um, Interestingly, one of the composers listed for System Shock 2 is Ramin Jawadi, who is probably best known for composing music for Game of Thrones, um, as well as the first Iron Man movie. So uh, that was something that stood out to me when I was looking at this. We've jumped from the uh, old-timey sound of the Andrew sisters to something altogether more modern and 90s sounding. It's got that typical uh, sort of late 90s drum and bass feel. Uh, that a lot of uh, sci-fi soundtracks went for back then. Um, But it's a very cool piece of music, nonetheless. Now, um, I know some of you may be thinking towards the end of this podcast, we kind of got away from the Halloween theme. But like I said at the beginning, um, they're all games that have either strong kind of Halloween connections. You know, you think of something like Splatterhouse with the the kind of rip-off Jason Voorhees mask. But also, the, you know, a game like Bioshock, a game like System Shock, which has horror, horror elements um, or, you know, a horror atmosphere and may not be an out and out horror game or something you would necessarily associate with with Halloween directly. But I thought it would have been a bit bit too boring and a bit too predictable if I just played music from you know, Castlevania and Splatterhouse and, I don't know, Zombies Ate My Neighbours. Um, that doesn't mean it wouldn't have been fun, but I wanted to mix it up a bit, include some more modern stuff, include some completely different pieces of music to what you might have been expecting. Um, so I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Let me know which tracks were your favourites, which were your least favourites. Also, any suggestions for horror game music in future um, would be appreciated. It doesn't need to be Halloween for me to do a horror game special, trust me. I love a lot of horror games, I love horror films. So if you guys want to give me an excuse to do another music podcast with 
a horror theme, that's absolutely fine. But for now, I'll say enjoy this piece of music from System Shock 2. Enjoy the season if you do celebrate. And um, watch out for that guy in the, the William Shatner mask. He looks a bit dodgy. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. You can tweet us at Arcade Attack UK. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Arcade Attack UK. 
Check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots more retro gaming goodness and to delve into our archives. Our podcasts are also available on Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube and Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review and a rating, we'd really appreciate it. If you'd like to support Arcade Attack, please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash arcadeattack, which will give you access to exclusive podcasts, interviews and other bonus content. So, until next time, take care and we'll speak to you soon.